sustainability, we oftentimes will refer to the three P's, people, planet, and profit. And it's really making sure that all three of those categories are satisfied. Welcome to In the Driver's Seat, a podcast on managing financial risk in your grain operation, brought to you by ABM. Welcome to episode 28 of In the Driver's Seat. Today, we take up the hot topic of sustainability, and Shelby is back with us today and looking forward to maybe just exploring a topic that we hear in the news all the time, sustainability, everything, and um, this helped me understand what we were talking about, and I think the audience will enjoy it as well. That's right, Doug. I think that this conversation we're about to listen to really put a lot of things in perspective and really gave some color to what it is. So we're going to play a conversation you had with Michelle French. She's a corporate sustainability manager here at Decatur. So Michelle explained how sustainability works, what it is, what ADM is doing with farmers. What is sustainability? Um, what does it mean? Really great questions. Let's dive in. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of In the Driver's Seat. This podcast series, as mentioned before, is really all about exploring all of the things that create financial risk for farmers. And I have a guest with me today. Her name is uh, Michelle French. Michelle, could you introduce yourself to uh, our listeners? Sure. Uh, Like you said, my name is Michelle French. I have been with ADM for about eight years. I am the Corporate Sustainability Manager, and I focus on some of our global issues, with deforestation being some very hot topics. I also focus on our human rights program, so making sure that we have fair and equitable labor practices within our operations, but then also focusing on our supply chain, making sure that we don't have any child labor or forced labor in our supply chains. And then in North America, I focus on sustainable agriculture programs. And so that mostly in the U.S. is field to market. That's our big uh, program that we focus on. But we've got a couple of other programs that we do at customer requests. What definition would you place on sustainability? What does sustainability really mean for you and your job and, and help our listeners understand that? I get that question quite a bit because everybody kind of has their own definition of sustainability and what it means. And what I tried to tell people is boil it down to the very basics. I want to make sure that we are still in business 5, 10, 50 years from now. And what is it going to take to make sure that we are viable both from an economic standpoint and an environmental standpoint, but also the human aspect of it. So we need to make sure that we have the supply chain for the goods. We need to make sure that we have a pipeline of talent coming in to fill all the different jobs that are available and making sure that agriculture stays economically viable. Another question is, there's another thing called regenerative agriculture. Uh, What are the similarities and differences between sustainability and, and regenerative agriculture? That is a great question. It's something that we've really started talking about lately. Sustainability, if you just break it down to the word sustainable, what does sustainable mean? And sustainable means that you can keep doing what you're doing and just keep on going. Regenerative, on the other hand, is let's take what we have and make sure that we can keep going, but let's make it better. Let's restore it to what it was. So when we start talking about soil health specifically, when we are looking at sustainable farming practices, Sustainable is great. We want to make sure that we don't have any further degradation. But when we look at where our soil was 100 years ago even, or 200 years ago, what the carbon carrying capacity was and how much microbiology and microbial activity was present in our soils, 
that's what we want to get back to, that regenerative ag that kind of restores the natural health of the soil, which then in turn can help to protect the the crops from different weather risks and it just is a it's a more healthy system overall can you maybe give a couple examples of of what adm is doing in the sustainability space just so our our listeners and uh and and the audience here knows examples of what adm is doing to to make this a priority sure so as i mentioned we we do a lot with field to market field to market is kind of the the gold standard, if you will, for sustainable agriculture in the United States right now. We have nine active projects, and those cover soy, wheat, and corn, and they are all throughout the country. One of our projects is actually right here in the Decatur area. Um, it's managed out of our Tuscola elevator, and it's a project with Coca-Cola, where we're focusing on, right now we're really in the benchmarking phase, just gathering data. So we have about 350,000 acres that are enrolled, and I believe that's somewhere between 40 and 50 growers. So these guys are pretty large farmers. Uh, We have them input data into their system. Uh, We don't actually see the data. There's a very big concern with privacy, so we make sure that we see aggregate information and it's all anonymized because we don't need to know who's doing what specifically, but we want to see as this group of growers is progressing through, what are the different types of farming practices they're using? What kind of trends are they following? And so once we get a good baseline of what that data is, you know, what are their carbon emissions in a year? How many tillage passes are they doing? Then we start molding the program into more of a, what kind of practices would you like to do on your farm? And so we just had a grower outreach event, uh, I believe it was last week or the week before, and we had them come and we, we just had a very frank conversation. You know, what do you feel is the hardest part in sustainable ag right now? Where, what, can, what can ADM do to help you to progress further? But really what I was hearing from our growers in this area was what can ADM do to help educate the public? Mm. Because there's this huge perception that farmers aren't doing what's best for the environment and that they aren't paying any attention. And I think a lot of that is really educating. What can we do to really brag on our farmers? Because some of them we are finding through these different projects. We have a project in the Great Plains that's 250,000 acres of wheat. And the water savings, they're in the area over the Okalala Aquifer, which has been in the news quite a bit lately about um, they're, they're running out of water, basically. So they're, they're getting data and trying to see what kind of health benefits they can have to replenish or to reduce the water loss for the Okalala Aquifer. And it's been great. And if we want to really brag on these farmers because it's not ADM coming to them and saying, hey, you need to do this. It's them saying, hey, look what we're already doing. You know, we figured out 10 years ago that if we do this, it not only helps the environment, but it improves our bottom line. And that's really the ideal. That is what sustainability is. A big role that ADM plays, and we're not the only ones, is is to help do that education of the public and to pass along what we learn from farmers and consumers and you know, a big part of that is just making sure the public understands, the consumers themselves understand, you know, what is being done. Yeah, absolutely. I think ADM is in this unique position where we can bring multiple parties to the table and say, hey, we've all got this same issue. Let's let's figure out a workable solution. Uh, but I would like to circle back around to the STAR program. STAR stands for Saving Tomorrow's Agricultural Resources. 
And right now it's a program that's only in Illinois. I believe they have 44 counties that are involved. And it's a way of ranking different farming practices. It's a 14 question survey. I think it might be 16 because I think they ask your, your name and your location. So 16, but 14 that are really directly related to agricultural practices. There's a science committee that, base, that bases the points on what those responses are. And then each farmer is given feedback after they submit this form, telling them that they are between one and five stars. And then they can have a sign that goes on their property. And we've actually had a couple of people who said, well, I think I'm a five-star farmer. Where do I get my sign? And I said, well, sign up. You think you're doing great. We think you're doing great. Let's see, you know, how, how great we really are doing. And so we started to see some uh, interest just farmer-to-farmer generated in this. And what's great about this program um, field to market is, as I mentioned, is really what we base a lot of our programs on, but that's a continuous improvement. The STAR program is more of a benchmark and ranking. Continuous improvement, if you think about it, if you think back to your school days, if you're getting a 50% in a class, you know you're failing, right? You've got to work really hard to try to bring your grade up. Let's say you work and work and work and you get up to a 58%. That's continuous improvement. That's great. But you're still failing the class. So on the flip side, if we have somebody who's earning a 98% in that class and they work and keep working, but they don't improve, there's no continuous improvement, but they're already an A student. So maybe they're really where we want them to be. So what ADM is looking at is kind of merging both of these programs or running them alongside of each other so that we still have this continuous improvement, but we also have some information in terms of are we continually improving from the bottom or are we making very small improvements because we're already closer to the top. And it's, it's phenomenal. It's based on the state's nutrient loss reduction strategy, so really focusing on nutrient runoff. So a lot of these practices are focusing on tillage or um, split applying nitrogen or fertilizer and different things that a lot of people are already doing. And we've had a lot of our growers who came back and said, you know, I just really wasn't sure where I was going to land and I got four stars. So I'm pretty happy about that. But now I want to know what do I have to do to get that fifth star? I, I want that fifth star. And this is the program where we have banks who are interested in oh, you have a benchmark, you have a way that I can actually look at my actuarial tables and figure out what is the lower risk to me as a lending agency, can I offer a discount on the loan rates? You know, same thing with crop insurance, can I reduce the premium because I don't think you are as high a risk as this person over here who is not doing anything to protect the health of their soil, doesn't have the resiliency. That's fantastic. Um, No one wants to be average. I think that's a great way to pull people to participate more actively um, versus asking them just to do the work. You do the work and, and, and prove that you can be sustainable and, and we hope we can give you something. But now there's a little competition, a little fun. Uh, it's a pretty cool program. Yeah, and it's free. It's completely free. So it's available now. I believe you can go to the Champaign County Soil and Water Conservation District website. Um, the program did start out of Champaign County, but as I mentioned, I think we have 44 different counties in Illinois who have adopted this. So each of the counties, if they are in the program, will have their own website where you can get to this. You submit your questionnaire, you send it to them, and they'll provide you feedback. They'll provide you with a sign, and it's, uh, it's pretty fantastic. So I would encourage everybody to go ahead and fill out one of those surveys and see where you are. I, I've heard the question many times. I'm sure you have, too. You know, is this a fad? Is this something that will pass? 
Um, so your views on how this plays out? Um, I think the fact that, you know, this really started with conservation ag back in the 80s is one way that we can look at this and say it's probably not a fad. A fad is very short term. When we're trying to talk about sustainable ag, we're purposefully looking into the future, you know, beyond the time range of what something short-lived would be. What we are seeing is that right now there is some benefit for the early adopters, Right now, there are opportunities. There are different consumer-facing companies who are going out and trying to find farmers who want to try cover crops and saying, hey, we'll pay for your seed. You know, there are financial incentives and opportunities for people who are first movers. So it's something that if you look at it in terms of we're all going to end up doing these practices, is there a way that I can have a competitive edge or an advantage maybe make a premium on the acreage, maybe have somebody else paying for different equipment, different seed, then that might be something that people want to think about. The early adopters are winning right now. Yeah, I think about other things in you know my life that I've seen change dramatically, things that, that we did when I was uh, young that are unthinkable today, whether it's recycling or safety related. You know, how many of these things just, they start out like sustainability is now, maybe it's still a little fresh and new, but they become so much a part of our daily lives that we don't even think about it anymore. Um, and that's kind of the goal here is, is to make sure that we all, this is the new norm. Right. I I think back to um, some of the early environmental campaigns when they were talking about, make sure you turn off the water while you're brushing your teeth. And that was a revolutionary idea. And I do think a lot of these ag practices and programs are going to be that way, where we'll think back and say, wow, do you remember a time before we did these things? Yeah. And it'll be the stories that people tell their children or their grandchildren. That's a great example, actually a fantastic example. I, I remember so many things. I mean, just even recycling aluminum and, and the thoughtlessness that we had around um, disposing of items like that. So sustainability uh, is making more sense to me all the time. So. I think listeners might also want to know, what is the value to ADM? And I want to follow up with that question, you know, is what is the, the value to farmers? But what is the value of, of being proactive and sustainable to ADM? The value to ADM is on multiple fronts, one of them being risk mitigation. If you take a look at some of the hot topics in the news that are related to agriculture, one of those being the Amazon, for example, Everybody wants to know, what are you doing in the Amazon? What are you doing in the Cerrado region of Brazil? And we have um, different NGOs, non-government organizations that are ready to pounce on us and accuse us of everything if we don't proactively tell them, no, we have a policy, we have a thought, we don't source from you know, disturbed, uh, deforested areas. If somebody goes in and cuts down the Amazon, we're not buying their soy. That there's the forest code and we're in full compliance with that. We have our own policies. So I think there's an element of this and I think it's okay for us to talk about it. And it's not just that we have to. We have to, yes. Um, and it's probably really good for us to have that pressure, but we also want to um, right. because well, we want to be responsible. Yeah, absolutely. The risk mitigation is a huge, a huge aspect of it. But that's really kind of the... I would say the more pessimistic side is making sure that we don't get into trouble. Like you said, what we have to do. The more optimistic side is more on the um, the reputational front. ADM wants to be a sustainable sourcing partner for our customers. 
and whether that amounts to direct you know financial incentives or bigger volumes from these different customers they're being pressed by their investors their consumers um, their reputational stakeholders to sustainably source so again i talked about the first movers really being getting benefits in this climate right now if we can step forward and say hey adm is here we are your sustainable sourcing partner that gives us this whole new arena of potential sales and customers that we can work with. When you take a look at sustainability, we oftentimes will refer to the three Ps, people, planet, and profit. And it's really making sure that all three of those categories are satisfied. The reputational aspect really brings in potential employees, it brings in potential customers, and it brings in potential suppliers. We have had some of our growers who come to us and say, hey, my neighbor is doing a program with you and I want to get, I want to get involved in this. How do I get involved? And you know, one area is in Iowa and we tell them, well, we're asking the growers that are participating in this program to plant cover crops. Are you interested in that? And they say, yeah, we are. Well, all of a sudden we have a new supplier who's interested. We have a customer who is very interested in having that supplier on board. So we're really getting to the people aspect, the profit aspect, the planet aspect, making sure that all three of those are brought together. And then I'd say the very bottom line of what is in this for ADM, if we watch some of the models that are out there that are showing the declining health of our soils and the increasing global population, If we get to a point where we don't have anything to process, we don't have supply coming in, we have no no future as a company, but beyond just ADM as a company, we have a huge global hunger food shortage issue. I think a couple of things that uh, that that you triggered thoughts in my mind is one one is hard problems um, exist because they're difficult to solve. And I think we're well on our way to 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 making sure that we solve this one. But it's not easy, and it takes a lot of different people in the supply chain to solve it, bring that value back to our farmer customers. Yeah, absolutely. This is a question that we've kind of struggled with for a number of years, and a lot of it is because we were relying on consumers being willing to pay a a premium for sustainably sourced goods. And the theory was a consumer will pay more, so the consumer facing goods charge more so they can pay ADM more so we can pay the farmers more. A clear premium the whole way down the line. What we found is that sustainability, and we started off with what is sustainability? That's the key question in most consumers' minds. There's, been, there's no clear definition and understanding. So if you were to put something in a grocery store that says this is a sustainably sourced loaf of bread, versus this is a loaf of bread, and this one is $6, and this one is $3, there's no understanding of why they're paying that additional $3. So that consumer willingness to pay for sustainably sourced goods is not, in general, what we're seeing. That's not to say that there isn't some kind of premium or profit available. When we look at companies, consumer-facing companies specifically, they get... um, financial benefits or more intangible benefits from their retailers in terms of shelf space and advertising opportunities. Uh, They get um, intangibles in terms of share price from their investors, their stockholders. There's a risk mitigation aspect. And so that is enough of a profit for those companies that they can then 
work with ADM and say, okay, we, we are willing to buy this at a slight increase premium, or we're willing to put some money toward, you know, farmer incentives to, to work on this. But then when we get to the farmer, farmers don't sell based on reputation. Farmers don't have investors. So how do we get these different revenue sources for the consumer-facing companies, for the ADMs of the world, to translate into value for the farmer? Right now, one of those things is paying a premium for participation in these programs. Um, some of them are paying cover crop cost share. Um, we do have some programs, and I would like to circle back and talk briefly about STAR. Uh, STAR is looking at if we have a ranking system on the farms, is there a way that we can say this farm is more sustainable, therefore the risk is lower, so we can work with banks or insurance groups to lower the premiums, lower the interest rates, something that turns what is kind of an intangible revenue source for the ADM and consumer-facing companies into a direct, tangible financial incentive for our growers. For me, at least, when I interact with uh, farmers, um, I'm not surprised by how passionate they are about understanding these practices and how responsible they want to be um, in terms of farming practices. Have you felt and seen the same thing in your interactions with farmers? Absolutely. It's amazing because I think when sustainable ag as a topic first got thrown out there, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, it's just, it's the next thing from the tree huggers. It's just whatever they want to do. And then we got to talking and realizing that, wow, you know, this is the same thing that the farmers have been hearing for 20, 30 years. You know, this is just conservation ag, but we have a new title on it. But more than just the uh, growers involved, now we're starting to see the entire supply chain. We're starting to see the processors and aggregators. We're starting to see the consumer-facing companies getting involved. And one of the best parts of my job is when I get to go out and talk with our growers who are involved in these different projects to see the passion that they have. Because it's not just about, you know, making sure that we get a harvest this year. That's important, but they want to have a legacy. They want their farm to be productive and viable and be able to hand that down to their children and their children's children. And so sustainable agriculture is not just something that we're coming from the consumer side and saying, hey, you better do this. This is something that the growers get passionate about because it can bring not only a future vitality to their farm, but it can also improve the health of what they're doing in the shorter term as well. Thank you, Michelle, for joining me today. Um, Great topic for me. Hopefully the listeners appreciate um, and sure appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. So, Doug, I thought that was a super insightful conversation. I know I had a lot of my question answered. Um, Specifically, though, what did you take away from it? Well, it's a topic that, like everybody, we hear about all the time. I didn't didn't really even know what my definition was, so it helped me understand a few things. One was sustainability isn't just one thing. It could be economic. It could be environmental. It could be, you know, the human element. So that helped me, um, you know, kind of break this down a little bit for my own understanding. It's just about being able to continue to do what you're doing indefinitely and, and not, you know, running out of resources to do that. I think that's the really neat thing about it. So, Everyone kind of has their own definition, and we all might think about it a little bit differently. But if you really look at it closely, it's just doing the right things and making sure you're in business for the X amount of years. 
One clarification I got was the difference between sustainability and regenerative agriculture. Two very different things, um, but very closely related. One being, you know, you can continue to do what you're doing, sustainability. The other one is continuing to do what you do, but even doing it better, um, which is regenerative. So that helped. But also whether you're a farmer or, you know, whether you're ADM or whether you're a consumer, um, I think the common thread is is that we all want to do the right thing and and, and do it the right thing for, for ourselves and our, our economy and, and you know, and the environment. So uh, it was it was just super enlightening uh, for me to talk to Michelle about all of this. If you're interested in learning more about this, specifically sustainable farming and ADM, go to adm.com backslash sustainability. If you want to earn a star for your conservation practices in Illinois, you can go to your county soil conservation district website and look for the survey there. And as Michelle had mentioned here earlier, there are so many opportunities for early adopters. ADM is one of those. We're more than happy to help you out. So maybe you have a couple more questions. Maybe you don't know how to get started. Lean on us. Reach out to an ADM rep, and we're more than happy to guide you in the right direction. Thanks for listening. Um, Very different topic from our usual podcast, but I hope it helped uh, people just break it down in their own minds and understand what it is for them and kind of maybe get to a more common definition and understanding of what sustainability is and how important it is to all of our future. So thanks for listening to another episode of In the Driver's Seat. Hope you have a great day and a great spring and a great growing season. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. This has been In the Driver's Seat, brought to you by ABM. To learn more about managing financial risk in your grain operation, Talk to your local ADM representative or go to admadvantage.com.